Hi everybody, we're now live on uh, Facebook. Hope everybody's having a great day. It's Thursday, May 25th. Tomorrow's May 26th, and then Saturday's May 27th. Uh, for many of you around the world, particularly this is a three-day weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's kind of the transition from spring to summer, so I hope everyone has a good time. If you're working, I hope you have a good time. If you're not working, uh, have a great time. Anyway, uh, in terms of things to talk about, just a couple things. Um, I just would mention that lots of going on in AI. You saw NVIDIA's earnings yesterday just through the roof. Just proves again that AI is everywhere and it's changing everything. An excellent article by Lundgren in New England Journal of Medicine yesterday. Take a look at that on AI. I did put up a few quotes today from that article on uh, our Facebook page, so you can look there. It's a really good article showing you where things are going and why things are going to be great. So anyway, and this talk is going to be on cystic pancreatic lesions. And uh, I think cystic pancreatic lesions are a very important topic. And I chose that because I, on Wednesday, which is yesterday, when I did my quizzing, I quizzed a bunch of people on cystic pancreatic lesions. And we talk about the different lesions, the appearance on CT. We talk about some of the challenges that CT has in dealing with cystic pancreatic lesions. Uh, the fact that some lesions are malignant, some are benign. How do you make the differential diagnosis of what is what? And how do you manage the patients? And if you're not certain what the lesion is, what patients do you need to get follow-up on, be it CT or MR? What patients should get EUS? Lots of developments in the EUS world, not so much in the sampling, but of the analysis of the fluid. You can be very specific with some new markers of what's truly a serous adenoma. There's work going on from Pittsburgh where they're showing that you can look at the fluid and predict whether or not this lesion has a chance of being malignant or not. So there's really a lot of different possibilities and things are constantly changing. But let me just stick with the imaging perspective. Let's go from big to small. Most small pancreatic lesions we see are well-defined, water density, under three centimeters, no septations, no nodularity. They're often associated, sorry about that, uh, with pancreatic duct, right? And pancreatic duct may be minimally dilated. We talk about these things as side branch IPMNs. When there's a cystic lesion and the main duct is over seven millimeters or so, then we talked about a mixed type IPMN. Remember, those are the ones that have a high yield of being malignant. Most of the small under three CM IPMNs may grow three millimeters a year, but 97% of them will never be a cancer. It's one of the challenging things. How often do you follow them? Now the recommendation is nine or 10 years. We talked about that before. We'll talk about that again but it's really maybe not the focus for today's talk. So we talk about IPMNs. We're working with AI with Microsoft and Lust Garden Foundation, trying to figure out which are benign and which are malignant. Can we be more specific? Who does or does not need to go to surgery? Lots of exciting work is gonna come along and I'll speak to you a different time about that as we get into more of our data. Then we talk about cystic lesions, big cystic lesions, you talk about a number of things. Well, one thing you could talk about, if you have a cystic lesion with solid components, and as a younger patient, we talk about SPEN. 
the spend tumors are more common in women, nine to one compared to men. Patients in their teens and 20s, if you resect them, there's over 90% cure rate. Uh, solid and papillary epithelial neoplasms is the abbreviation, spend tumors. Again, we can see them in older patients, they can be challenging. They can have calcifications, often in the periphery, but can be central. Again, easy to diagnose in younger patients, harder in older patients because they overlap. We talk about age and sex with patients. So for example, I have a pancreatic lesion that's cystic in the body of the pancreas in a 45-year-old female. I'm not even looking at the case and I'm saying MCN, mucinous cystic neoplasm. Commonly located in the body of the pancreas, typically no dilated pancreatic duct, have linear lines or septations because of ovarian stroma. They can have solid components as well. People always consider MCNs as pre-malignant, so they're always resected. Recent articles, I just read an article in surgery that made the point that under 4CM with negative or normal CA199, you can simply follow the lesions. We'll see if that holds true. To date, all of the lesions that are MCNs or suspected MCNs are resected. We then talk about serous cystadenomas, you know, classic cystic lesion, thin septation, Swiss cheese appearance, central calcification. Is an easy diagnosis. The thing is, there's a range of serous cystadenomas. Some can be solid and vascular, look identical to a neuroendocrine tumor. I showed one of those yesterday. Some can be very large, head, body, or tail location. Occasionally, we'll have a dilated pancreatic duct. We typically think about them as not having a dilated pancreatic duct. We talk about central calcifications, but they can have peripheral calcifications. The septations, and they can grow. They're never malignant. They often get resected because they get very large and cause mass effect on the stomach or bowel. So patients are symptomatic and will typically resect them, but again, they're not gonna be precancerous lesions. That's a very, very important tumor serous cyst adenomas. Again, I mentioned mucinous cystic neoplasms. We also talk about cystic lesions that are a little strange, small cystic lesions uh, with nodules. I showed a case yesterday of a schwannoma. That could be a possibility. We talk about cystic lesions that are very well defined, often lower density, under 10 Hounsfield units, they're exophytic, kind of come off the pancreatic head, body, or tail. And you're not really sure if they're coming off the gland or they're abutting the gland. Like, could this be a mesenteric cyst or a duplication cyst? Then I'm talking about lymphoepithelial cysts. They're benign lesions. If you know it's lymphoepithelial cysts, you leave alone. Often when you resect them, patients get terrible post-operative pancreatitis. So it's something you wanna be very, very careful about. Uh, kind of a, a very, very important call, you could be a superhero. Now, of course, I didn't mention to you also cystic lesions like simple pseudocysts. Again, history of pancreatitis, other findings of pancreatitis make it easy. I also should talk about neuroendocrine tumors. We talk about neuroendocrine tumors as being very bright, very vascular, no dilated pancreatic duct. That's true, but neuroendocrine tumors have a range of appearances. They can be small, and obstructive pancreatic duct. Satomi Kawamoto wrote an article about that many years ago. Or they can be cystic. Cystic tumors with enhancing rims, you've gotta be thinking about cystic neuroendocrine tumors. 
They can be very aggressive. They don't have to be. But when we see cystic lesions with enhancement, I'm always thinking about a neuroendocrine tumor of the pancreas. Neuroendocrine tumors commonly calcify. So you can see the overlapping cystic lesions, calcifications, presence or absence of dilated pancreatic duct are all things we look at. Clinical history we look at. Neuroendocrine tumors are more common in patients with certain syndromes. Cystic neuroendocrine tumors can occur anywhere within the gland. So it's something good to think about. So that covers a number of things. We have a bunch of articles, look online, look at our teaching file on CTSS, lots of good cases, uh, lots of articles about the topic, lots of work being done with AI to kind of help us understand these lesions better and diagnose them better without surgery. So lots going on there, including AI, as I mentioned. Now let's see, anyone has any questions? Well, first is John Biacchino, one of our senior techs. Hey, John, he's in Body CT today. And John Davenport, who's from Phoenix. So we'll say hi to him as well. So if anyone has any questions, now's a good time to ask. But if you don't have any questions, you can just uh, simply leave us a comment and I'll try to get back to it later on. Again, uh, important topic, and hopefully I helped you out a little bit. Oh, one last comment someone's asking, how do we evaluate cystic pancreatic lesions? I like doing dual phase imaging. I like doing 3D mapping, particularly looking at MIP and volume rendering and cinematic rendering to get a better look at the interface of the tumor, the nodularity, look at the wall for thickening or septations, as well as looking at the pancreatic duct. So protocols, again, become super important. And with that, I guess I'll stop there, and I hope everybody has a great Memorial Day. See you later.